It is Sunday, January 21st. There was an SNL last night on Sunday, January 20th, and that means that Mike and I are here to talk about it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the hilarious, and the hubboy. So join me as we break down Jessica Chastain's episode of Saturday Night Live. I am your host of the SNL Recap, Rich Tackenberg, and I am joined as always by my intrepid partner in recap, Mr. Mike Bloom. Hello, Mike. Hi, Rich. I'm feeling better than SNL's makeup team did after they finally got uh, Kate McKinnon into all of that prosthetics to play Robert Mueller on Weekend Update. Boy, if I ever want to complain about my job, Louis Zacharin and team really, really delivered this week in many ways, but no, no, no more so than that Robert Mueller. Kudos to, as we say, it takes so many people to make great comedy happen. And uh, as you say, this week, I think really uh, the makeup team gets a huge shout out for all of their efforts. That was uh, pretty amazing. Yes, uh, very much overshadowed uh, Alex Moffat's Prince William bald cap. Uh, overshadowed the and shadowing knows. that was even going on on that bald cap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'd say uh, the differences for me is one of those makeup jobs was well worth the effort and one maybe not so much. So, mm. But let's get into it. I, I thought this was a very uneven episode. I think it was a we had a rough start to the episode and then we picked up some steam and then this was a bit of a roller coaster. We had some really fun moments we had some low lows we had a couple of hairpin turns uh i i thought i i'm not really sure if i've fully digested this episode yet uh for me although i would say a great effort by jessica's chastain through the whole thing yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, this is sort of like flip-flopping almost our opinions on last week. I'm higher on this episode than you are, it seems, at first glance. Going back to my list, uh, I actually put this one in at number three, uh, right wow. below Chance the Rapper and right below above Tiffany Haddish. I really liked a lot of the stuff that was going on in the first half, and from my perspective, there really wasn't a lot going on in the second half that made me hit those low lows as you might be talking about. Uh, I thought everything was actually pretty much an even course if we're going back to that car metaphor. So I'm excited. Second week in a row, we have some disparate opinions here, Reg. So I'm excited to talk about both sides of each issue here. Yeah, well, that's I'm I'm surprised to hear you say that. So let let's break it down. Let's get into it. So, uh, you know, interesting. Before the sh- before the show began, my wife and I were talking about okay, wh- what do they open with? There's so much going on. Obviously, the problem uh, that SNL I'm sure faced is the biggest story of all is the government shutdown. But that didn't happen till Friday night. The sketches are written Tuesday night, and really by the, by Friday, the show is is all but locked save for cutting of sketches. So. They obviously couldn't write a uh, government shutdown sketch that might had to have been cut. So instead, we took an interesting tact here. We're going to have the, the we're going to focus on uh, the president's uh, um, physical results, uh, somewhat uh, confusing and surprising medical results, uh, and we're going to have the, the the doctor sort of go through this. Um, I, I'm not going to call this an a uh, boy, but I will say for me this was a mess. This was a great hmm. uh, for me. I just the the premise sort of didn't pan out for me and I thought it it, it didn't didn't work for me but I'm guessing maybe you felt a little different How, what did you think marginally um I okay. think that it's not exactly newfound territory right it's essentially the the game is hey here comes the doctor on and he's clearly exaggerating the results uh you know to make it look like it's better than it obviously is I'll start by giving the sketch, as always, this cold open extra credit for it not involving Alec Baldwin, for not mm. bringing on a Trump member. We we get uh, we get a little bit more of, you know, a member of the administration here, a bit more of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, even though we're still trying to figure out the character. I think Be- Beck is admirable here as a, maybe, and he's looking like an admiral, as Dr. Ronnie Jackson. You know, I, I think that there are some fun nuggets of lines nested in there, you know, saying, because, you, you know, you start with, like, the usual braggadocious stuff, but then you get into, you know, legs that seem to go on forever, uh, you, you know, and when it gets to the point of, it's my expert medical opinion that the president has a rockin' bod with the perfect amount of cushion for the push-in, and if given the chance, I would. It's just like, that, I think once it got into that territory, once it got a little bit more playful and goofy, that's when I enjoyed it, you know, him talking about how he takes Propecia as an inside joke and how he's been pounding pineapple juice to keep uh, everything sweet it's it i would say that the writing on this sketch was not 
fantastic, but uh, I'll, I, you know, this is the umpteen time I'm saying it, but give me this over going to the to the Oval Office itself and having Baldwin as Trump essentially recap what's happened over the course of the week. I do agree that the government shutdown is probably the biggest news item to cover. There's also this really, really weird moment with Pete Davidson appearing as himself. Uh, we never get the story as to what happened with his wrist. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe something was going on with him and Larry David's daughter. One can only know, but really odd moment. Not the only Madden moment of the night, but very odd moment to have Pete Davidson appear as himself in the cold open. Yeah, so, and it's funny you, you talk about it. I think, you know, for, for me, I think, and we won't belabor it too much, here was my fundamental problem with this. The problem is what we uncover as the audience, sort of the funny concept that we're going for, The really what is the underlying premise of this sketch is that the reason that the White House doctor gave President Trump such a glowing uh, physical review is that he clearly has a crush on him and is sexually attracted to him. Okay, but the problem is I don't know this doctor character before the unusual thing. I don't know. This is not like Sarah Huckabee Sanders doing it or uh, or some other character we already know. So it's like here's a character I don't know, and now we're going to now say that he is doing all these crazy things because he's got a sexual crush on the president. It sort of mm-hmm. didn't land for me because I didn't know what he would be like normal to now see him act in this crazy way. So – that's, so that's I, interesting. I, I, I did yeah. not. I didn't. That was not my take whatsoever. I thought it was that Trump was making him say it. You know, he had that line where he's like, you know, I made the president take this cognitive test and he insisted on it. He grabbed me by the collar with the strength of a man that would usually fail the test. So I'd like to think that this character was browbeaten into doing this to the point of where he's like emasculated enough that he's saying these very sexually lascivious things. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't take it that way, but maybe you're right. Maybe that's what they were going for. So again, I guess I guess for me, minus points, if we're not even sure what the underlying premise was, or though maybe just I'm a dummy. Don't don't get me wrong. Maybe I'm just missing it. But that's a tough one. And and I also want to you mentioned sort of the Pete Davidson. We you know we're going to shoehorn the, the Stormy Daniels porn star thing in here, which, you know, I, I mean, I always like the idea of like, oh, no, I'm not. You know, it's sort of like I'm James Franco. I'm just rehearsing a part for a Christmas movie. But I don't know that Pete Davidson necessarily like there's nothing about Pete Davidson as we know him the SNL cast member that is so specific to the idea of Stormy Daniels or porn stars or something so it was a cute moment but it wasn't like oh my god that's such a great payoff because of the things we know about Pete Davidson that it would be funny that it's actually him not a character Um, Mm -hmm. anyway the other thing I was going to ask you is uh, this is not a plus or a minus I thought it very odd the amount of wig and makeup work uh, that was being done for the SNL cast members to just be reporters asking questions. Uh, Mikey Day had a weird wig on. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I think uh, Heidi Gardner was unusually sort of uh, spiffy. Uh, It was just very surprising how much effort they put into the uh, characters of just random straight people, uh, you know, uh, straight men in the comedy sense uh, asking asking questions of the the doctor. Very, Very odd to me. I mean, you got to have a warm up, right? This show is going to be, as we mentioned before, very, very heavy on the makeup and the hair. Uh, I'd say there probably isn't a sketch in here where someone does not have a wig on at some point. Sure. So I sure. feel like this maybe maybe they just felt like, all right, you know, we have we dipped our toes in the water. Might as well submerge our whole bodies here and have everyone wear wigs. We've got the whole Daryl Hammond rambling through the, the names at the beginning. I think we, we have some time before we change it to our monologue stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We'll we'll agree to disagree. And again, I will even say still there was funny in here. It just sort of didn't work for me. But that's OK. We get a nice uh, live from New York Saturday night and we get to first time host Jessica Chastain. My wife and I quite uh, liked her in Molly's Game, the new Aaron Sorkin movie that she was just in. Um, and uh, after a little bit of sort of a comedy about how she's uh, normally a serious actress, we get to a sort of a, a, a song in honor of the Women's March. Um, I, I thought this was she was super likable but nothing in here really worked beyond for me just sort of a smile i i I felt like the 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 train still hasn't left the station yet for me yeah i mean i will say that this monologue was not a good introduction to jessica chastain because sort of to piggyback off of what you just said i thought she was sublime as a host we i know we talked a lot about sam rockwell but jessica chastain 
really yes. she seemed like yeah. one of those types of people that like could blend in seamlessly with the cast maybe this is me being hyperbolic but i just think she did such a nice job and you never know when it comes to movie actors but i know that jessica chastain is also a broadway veteran as well so i think it makes sense in terms of a live setting she could be a little more honed in and naturalistic and so she really blended in and especially when it came to like reading cue cards there are so many sketches that she does where you really can't tell that she's reading cue cards or that she she sticks out that she's not rehearsing with them every single week but this is not as i said the best starting point for it i mean i i liked where this was going and i thought it was like a good statement uh a little disparate uh i think that it we went around too much you know we went from 80 in the audience to talking about having the p hat and then leslie jones pulling your favorite typical leslie jones move rich of coming in and being mm-hmm. like no bitch pussy hat bye uh really did not understand what was going on with beck and pete and what they were trying to say uh and i and i got like the little joke going on with melissa but i don't know i i when you look at things like welcome to hell for instance that i think showcase the female cast much more as a whole I would have kind of liked to see that a little bit more. This definitely has an indicator. You've mentioned this before where sometimes on SNL, the monologue is the very last thing they work on during the week. This very much seemed like it was slapped together, maybe even only a few hours before they went on air. And unfortunately, because of that, it suffered from being too much at once. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I will, I'm going to uh, add to your, I'm going to sort of ask the whole crowd to put a pin in the idea that my really, my my appreciation uh, for Jessica Chastain in, was not not necessarily in the, in the good sketches, but I really appreciated what she did in the sketches that didn't work post-update. So we'll come back to that when we get to taco math. Uh, but I have a lot to say uh, about how much I like Ch- Jessica Chastain in this episode. So... So let's move on to our first uh, to our first uh, live sketch. Again, a bit of a repeat. We've seen uh, this time we're, we're doing another Bachelor. I don't know why they don't call it Bachelor, which is always very I, odd I, to I me. I wonder yeah. if it's some sort of like copyright thing because, yeah, we have Farm Hunk. Now we have Car Hunk. I think there was another time that they did it as well. I, I don't really exactly know what it is, but you'd have to assume because otherwise they'd outright name it, right? But they do make fun of – yeah, I don't it, – it is odd because they do make fun of other things. So you would think like, you know, they – this clearly for me falls under the category of uh, parody. You are parodying The Bachelor. You would have every right to use The Bachelor name. Now, maybe they just don't want to get into it or maybe to them this just makes them giggle. So I – but yeah, it was very strange to me. I was I was very surprised by that. So – but as we said, regardless, so we're we're back uh, – you know, we're back with uh, with, with Carhunk – this is purely oh I'm sorry I just looked up real quick beard hunk was the last That's one that what we just was, had with yes. Ronda Rousey yes so uh, we're back with our hunks this is pure Mad Libs the uh, the you know the format of the sketch is going to be exactly the same every time uh, we're just going to sort of uh, roll in uh, funny lines and the funnier the lines the funnier the sketch the more that the lines sort of miss the more that the sketch kind of misses uh, and I thought this this for me was just real fun it was. Not not mm-hmm. the best, uh, you know, bachelor parody we've done. But again, I just think that they just put in enough funny lines that just had us had us laughing through the whole thing. And once it ends, it's like, OK, that was good. So I, uh, I, I give it to them for finding new ways to mine this very uh, tired trope on that note. Yeah, I think the the one thing that I want to hone in on to start is actually the focus on said car hunk, because from what I've been hearing from both my wife and other podcasters, apparently this season of The Bachelor is really boring from both mm. a, uh, a you know Bachelor perspective and the contestant perspective. So I like the, the fact that they made fun of that. And you also have, you know, car hunk starting off saying, I'm too old to be on this show. So something's obviously gone wrong in my life. And then this absolutely random blink and you'll miss it thing where for one girl they switch <laughs> alex moffat out for luke Knoll and then switch it yeah. back and make absolutely no mention of it. i'm not entirely sure what they were trying to say as if like oh you know all these white guys look alike if so i kind of wish they had pushed it further and like kept using all the different white guys from the cast and even put keenan at the end as sort of like a nice button on the end of it to sort of fill in but like you said this comes down to the girls and specifically the one-liners i thought there were a lot of fun things here specifically i think the things that i liked the most were uh, jessica chastain's character's descriptions of the specific dates that they went on uh like playing mini golf with young sheldon and playing a dead body on hbo's crashing 
again, the <laughs> comedy lies in specificity. Uh, but there's some other great stuff in here. Like I think it was Heidi who said, I'm a psychiatric nurse's patient. Uh, and I think, I don't know, 80 might get the MVP for me by saying, uh, most of the people in my town don't have teeth. So I'm their queen there. <laughs> and uh, her apparently like, mount, and when she mounts car hunk, which as my wife said, apparently was a thing. There is some truth oh, in this boy. stuff. Like, wow. uh, like the, like when Kate's character has the uh, taxidermied squirrel, apparently there is a girl this season who is into taxidermy. Apparently something similar oh, to this wow. mounting situation happened. So it seems like maybe if we had been more well-versed in this, you and I might have enjoyed it even more than we did. But I'm totally with you. I thought this was a fun one. Yeah, I, I like that at the beginning. It's like we had a black bachelorette. Now we're back to the whites. And it was the it was the car hunk and 12 Laurens that made me laugh. And even out of the gate, uh, just the idea in the when she says in the high squeaky voice, I bet you can tell from my voice that I don't have a dad. I thought that was very funny. Uh, also, when uh, I think it was Jessica Chastain or maybe it was Cecily says she first apologizes by saying, sorry, I'm 30. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> Um, and and Melissa, I felt like I felt like this was an episode where really the featured players really were driving the ship tonight. I mean, yeah. other than maybe Beck um, and a little bit of, uh, you know, and Kate sort of in another league. Uh, you know, you really this was a lot of Alex. This was a lot more Heidi Gardner than we've seen. Uh, you know, Luke Null making sort of a, you know, and Melissa Villasenor making an appearance and Chris Redley. We're about to talk about doing a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I thought this was I, yeah, I agree. The lines in this were very fun. I didn't know about the taxidermy, but I like when uh, when when uh, Kate says, "Oh no!" When he asks about the taxidermy, Buster is like, "No, he's just regular dead." I just thought it was very funny. So, so yeah, fun fun way to kick off. Not not something we're gonna remember, but an absolute. You know, I felt like for me, it was like, okay, the show just started. Now we're now mm-hmm. we got some comedy going, and we're gonna go to a pre tape. What will Chris Red bring to uh, you know the now old old. Uh, of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, this was three minutes and 35 seconds. This was a long, uh, a long sort of musical sort of premise written by Chris Redd, Mikey Day, Streeter Seidel, directed by Oz Rodriguez. Uh, and this is a fun, like, what would it more be like if the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air tried to escape from the hood uh, and Method Man showing up to uh, play a much more realistic uh, sort of being chased by gangs. Uh, yeah, I th- you know what? I will say uh, that uh, in in my focus group of two last night, I liked it much more than uh, than the other part of my focus group. I just thought this was really funny. I thought the yeah. longer it went, the more it kind of made me giggle. I thought this was really fun. I totally agree, and I think it's just because you know you said it's three out is th- three hours. Some people might have thought it was three hours, uh, three minutes and thirty five seconds. And I can understand where people are coming from. Where like maybe if it was edited a shorter amount together if it was a little clippier it would be even funnier but i sort of like the fact that it was like a big run-on sentence like it just kept going and going and going and you could argue like did it flatline at one point because you know you you try to in a perfect story really try to build to a point and then de-escalate from there but you start off with the gangsters who then shoot up the house and you think like you know beat uncle phil within an inch of his life and then he gets taken in by what he thinks is an fbi agent played by jessica chastain who um my other member of the focus group personally thought it was going to tie into the X-Files considering like, oh, here's a redhead who's mm. part of the FBI, maybe. And though I, I I would call that a cop out just because we got to see that happen with the Larry David episode a couple of years ago. So I, I hope they wouldn't fall into that trope once again. But it turns out that she was faking all along because uh, her, her, she owes money to the Yakuza. Shout out to uh, Leo Yoshimura making his second appearance in about a year or so on mm-hmm. SNL as the leader of the Yakuza. Uh, and then it turns into a big gunfight with Uncle Phil coming out like this got supremely ridiculous. And I, I was laughing along. Maybe I was just laughing along because it just kept going and going but man they really ended the sketch on such a great note with uh you know and that's how i became jasper mitchell of white ridge new hampshire (laughs) and he's just like he's like a bunker man like huge ass beard living in a tent made out of his own clothes in the middle of the woods I i thought it was a really fun way to just get to that final note and not timely whatsoever but it just it seemed like if chris red is gonna keep doing these random types of things that are just an extraordinary amount of fun i'm all for it 
Yeah, I agree. Now, I didn't feel it was funny because I kept in my head as I'm watching it, enjoying, really loving sort of how it just kept turning and turning. I'm like, is Chris Red doing a Will Smith impression or is he just doing Chris Red? I couldn't tell. Again, I have not seen the fr- and really it's not even a Will Smith impression. It's a specific impression from the Fresh Prince. I couldn't remember because it's been so long since I've seen it. So did you feel like he was doing an impression or did you just feel like he was just being like sort of creating his own character uh, and sort of doing kind of the goofy nod along the way. Yeah, I, I'm going to say it's the latter. I mean, I don't even think Will Smith in Fresh Prince had, for the most part, like the same hair that Chris had going on with like, right. you know, half part, half knob. I might be misremembering it, but it seems like he was just sort of spitting off of that because, I mean, I feel like everyone from my generation knows that song. And so like uh, when it, when it first and again, for the umpteen time everyone drank, giving kudos to the production values for really making this yes. look like the opening, complete with the spinning chair on the graffitied wall and everything. But maybe it was more so just Chris Red doing a takeoff on it and sort of doing his own style. Yeah. And my other guess is that I, I had a – I think maybe because of the length of it, my suspicion is that this was going to come late in the show and we were going to see the uh, high production value doctor's orders uh, pre-update and that uh, given what was likely the logical response by the studio audience, they flipped the two. I don't know that to be true, but I would suspect that that is probably the case. Well, I would say that's a, that was a good choice because I feel like – Starting with Car Hunk, arguably, and then running up to the musical guest. This this is a very strong, not to, you know, couch my opinions too much because we're about to talk about the next two sketches, but I feel like this is a very strong run-up of sketches in the first half of this episode. So I agree with you, although I would say for me, uh, we take a little bit of pause here at Google Talks. Um, this is a, a in-house uh, sort of Google Hangout Q&A uh, where Google is hosting a, uh, you know, a, a discussion about, uh, you know, an issue of the day. This is sort of bullying. Uh, and uh, and I thought this was a wonderful reveal that uh, of all the things someone can get bullied for, one person, Mikey Day's character, is bullied for looking like Bart Simpson. And I thought that uh, that Comedically, we've really stalled out midway and uh, and and it was like really fun. Like, OK, I love this idea. Where are we going to go from here? And then for me, it really just petered out. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely buoyed for me by just the image of Mikey Day's character. Like, I can't help it. And the audience couldn't help it, too. As soon as the reveal happened, which yes. I totally agree was yep. fantastic, when they kept cutting to Alex Moffat in the foreground with Mikey Day's character just sitting there in the background, like, I couldn't help but giggle. It looked so ridiculous. I'm a huge Simpsons fan, and no matter, no matter how many, you know, what would the Simpsons look like in real life uh, mock-ups you see, to see someone dressed up like Bart Simpson is just so, so funny to me. Not to mention completely random much like the fresh prince i don't know if the writing staff was like on a 90s kick this week for some reason but to have these two one right after the other was so so interesting and so particular i do agree that i would say i don't think this sketch completely flatlined i would say that it stalled just because how do you go from there i was thinking maybe they might go in the direction of like more and more people being revealed as looking like weird things again another way for that hair and and makeup department to truly shine but but they tried to focus on it 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 was a bit odd uh you know you have him being named bert samson which i don't know if i really enjoyed or him talking about the nelson laugh uh, or someone calling in as maggie simpson i guess what kept my attention more were like the sub games going on uh both with jessica chastain's perky host who also like doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily good at her job and she admits it but i think i liked most uh beck bennett in the chairless desk of uh, the standing desk and just constantly cutting back to him giving these little quips about how much he does not enjoy his job at a standing desk yeah, I, I wish we had more of that. I, I, and I, I think for me, again, sort of getting back to the it was hard for me. And again, I'm not looking to shoot holes in it. I'm looking to like the sketch. But for me, the hard part is like we're we're saying, OK, he's getting bullied because he happens to look so much like Bart Simpson. But then even in the sketch, we refer to the fact that he does the hair, you know, the character of Bart Samson. Mikey Day's character does his hair exactly like Bart's, wears the same shirt as Bart. So there's no explanation of, well, then 
then why? Like, I felt like that needed to then be the sketch that, like, they needed to hammer the fact that if it bothers you, why are you, why are you intentionally dressing like Bart Samson? And I don't even know, Simpson, that I don't even know if that would have been hilarious, but at least I would have been able to understand the POV of the sketch where this was like, it sort of tried to sort of go both ways because I feel like it never sort of figured itself out. So we sort of, uh, you know, and, and so it was, it was odd that he was so upset by this. So, but you're right. Yeah. A lot of the little, little, little sort of tidbits around. Um, and again, kudos, as you said earlier, to Jessica Chastain trying to make a little something out of nothing about being the over, uh, the overzealous Google host uh, unnecessarily. I don't know that she got a lot of laughs with it, but she stayed very committed to it. Yeah, I, I wonder if because I've seen some stuff online about how some people really enjoyed this sketch because they, they sort of looked at it through a filter of okay, it's it's supposed to come out through an irony standpoint of here is, you know, they're trying to promote uh, not bullying people, but they're all bullying this one person who looks like Bart Simpson. And if they did that, I kind of wish they went more into it. Uh, I, I don't exactly know at this point how they would, but if, if that's really the POV that they were coming from, sort of uh, in, in association with what you were saying, I kind of wish we'd focused on it more. This This was a sketch that I feel like was an interesting premise, but I, I wonder if it had been workshopped just a bit more. They could have turned down something really, really fun from this. Yeah, I agree. Now, I will say the next sketch we get to our to a game show, I thought actually did sort of build in a fun way, even if it wasn't the most fantastic ending. It was a, a much more I sort of followed along the whole way was the game show. What even matters anymore? Uh, and Jessica Chastain plays the host, um, just asking the question, the, the simple question that in the in the world of Trump, what even matters anymore? And this, I thought, was really fun. Again, I don't know that uh, it ultimately paid off as well as as we would have liked but i thought overall i thought this was just a lot of fun here and i thought again so much that the the premise held tight and we understood where the host was coming from uh and ultimately we're watching uh her sort of breakdown and jessica chastain uh. really really just just sort of digs in on this one because the whole sketch is ultimately not on the writing it's on the performance that we need to see jessica break down to ultimately the point where we realize that you know suddenly uh, the cast members are worried not about the character but jessica chastain the host who theoretically sort of wrote this and had the set the sketch created just so that she could complain about this i thought it was really fun Rich, SNL is, you know, in 43 seasons at this point. I think it's fair to say that uh, we are very rarely surprised by things that happen on SNL, especially when we get a game show sh- sketch trotted out to us for the millionth time, quite literally. And I love the fact that this is a very rare point in SNL where they get to play with our expectations and completely subvert them. Uh, you know, at first, I-, I don't know if I was on this sketch's side necessarily, just because this is the most vocally anti-Trump they've been in a while but comically speaking they weren't even that funny it was more darkly funny or even just depressing so at first I was sort of like okay I don't entirely know where they're going with this is the humor just oh it's funny because it's true I'm sort of like worrying for this character like a little bit of nervous laughter on behalf of the audience so I would say the audience in general was kind of weird this week I know that people were theorizing online that because a lot of people might have been there for Troy Sivan and a lot of his uh, his fans had to be like a little bit on the younger side. Maybe they, they were not necessarily there for the comedy of it all. But it really hits this great turn around the middle point. Whereas you said, Chastain's character, well, Victoria, I think was her game show alias, just starts completely unraveling. Uh, I love the fact that they start referencing like the game show being like, are there are there even points? Uh, you know, what are exactly are we buzzing in for? And, you know, she's they do this quote unquote like final Jeopardy thing while she downs this bottle of wine. I just love the effect of Jessica Chastain opening the bottle with her mouth and then just start chugging and the the answers to the final jeopardy thing were fun too of you know what could be something that would matter and i think it was kate who wrote cancels the olympics because flags are gay yeah and then keenan just knocks it home with the sex <laughs> tape with donald jr because that and checks then, a lot of boxes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought i thought those were some really but fun you're right moments. though what sold it was the fact that during the the music the timer music she's chugging the white wine the entire time yeah and that to me is what sells it in such a great setup it was really fun yeah and so i loved 
this reveal that oh no this was just something as you said in the myth in the canon that jessica chastain had set up a game show uh to talk about how she's she's really not okay with everything that's going on and i loved sort of the cast reaction to it i could have done without cecily's thing of like oh my god it's true they nothing really does matter anymore and walk off like i found that a little unnecessary but maybe i'm just like salivating over this sketch because again we very very rarely get something that genuinely surprises me on snl especially 43 seasons in but i have to give this kudos not only for its concept and its turn but for jessica chastain's performance under any other host i'm not entirely sure if it gets pulled off as well as it was here yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so so let's get to the musical act we you know uh we come back from commercial and jessica stain just chastain in a uh, elegant black dress introduces us to my own mortality i uh troy savan i guess is his name um uh i just was watching him i felt like i'm i am an old creepy guy for even watching this it felt wrong to me i felt wrong i felt like this is so clearly not for me I don't know what's going on. Uh, This is not to say that he's not talented or that he's not good at what he does. uh, But it was, uh, for me, sort of the furthest uh, afield from musical guests that from where I normally I can be like, oh, not my style, but but very good. This for me, I, I couldn't even sort of settle on like I understand uh, where this is coming from, uh, you know, musically and performance and who this person is. Uh, it's, it just was, I was just sort of like, uh, okay. So, um, Mike, you're younger than me. Help me. Save me from myself. Oh, boy. Uh, very good Evanescence quote there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, first of all, the kid looked like he just got out of the shower. I'm not sure what was what was going on with the hair there. Maybe the SNL hair department was working on him. As I well. thought he got out of something else. I'm glad you said shower. That is a much more rated G version of what I was going to say. So I let's mean, go with yeah, that. yeah, starting with the yellow yeah, spotlight, yeah. maybe not a great look for I'm assuming yeah. what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I, so he performs these two songs, My, My, My and The Good Side. I like The Good Side more. That was more of the slow down acoustic complete with a wind machine for some reason. I thought actually accentuated his voice because My, My, My what can i say more about it but my 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 uh he he tried to work that stage which i'll give him all the credit for because again 8h is a very awkward stage to play yes. but there was just something yes. off about it whether he was out of tune or that the song just like was not highlighting his voice a lot and then you have these weird stroby projections going on behind him it just it just didn't really play for me so i i think you know this also might be one of the first times he's performing these songs really live uh i mean i guess kudos to him for i guess you know he's a he has a weird story history of like he's a youtube vlogger who also became uh you know i think he's a south african uh artist so like i'm happy he presumably got some more exposure via snl but not particularly for me on did it that I will just yes and everything you said and let's say, you know what, if you were there to see Troy and he delivered what you want, I'm happy for you. But for the rest of us, let's move on to Weekend Update. Uh, So this was for me a very mixed Weekend Update. I thought a lot of good jokes, some really tough features and then uh and then an ending that we'll talk about um but but out of the gate i'd say you know again joke wise they have so much good stuff to work with here Mm -hmm. so i'm not surprised but again you know that doesn't take away from the talent of 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 jost and che i thought just a lot of funny on the jokes and really just uh was just like ah okay good this is what i came for this is where we're really we're really hitting on all cylinders with a lot of the jokes i thought this was really fun to start Yeah, this is the second week in a row that we have... It felt like we've had a very lengthened weekend update. I thought maybe last week it was just because, oh, we're back for the new year, sort of like what happened with the cold open. But again, this weekend update, we got three features, went on for probably at least, again, close to 15 minutes. And I wonder if part of it is because Jost and Shea are are part of the new head writing staff. I wonder if it's part of just because the show has started realizing that these guys are good. Uh, they really, really are. And again, drink again, because I'll talk about how great these two were on Weekend Update. I don't want to just read all the lines that they were talking about. But when you have Joe starting off Weekend Update by saying, you know, uh, Trump blames Schumer for the government shutdown because Trump never misses the chance to blame a minority. Uh, when you start off Ugh. on there, it's just it's it's so 
so good. And then Che talking about how, you know, if the government shuts down, should I pay all my taxes? I feel like the government owes us an, a- an eagle yes. or an apple pie or something. Uh, I think I, my, my favorite run might be Joe's talking about the whole uh, Stormy Daniel stuff and Mike Pence having to put up with it he says at this point mike pence would feel better as a judge on rupaul's drag race that hit uh obviously played to, to my uh you know my mm-hmm. area of expertise yeah. so i was happy about that there's just there was so i had so many stuff written so much stuff written down and even again outside of political stuff you have uh che making a, a joke about you know well the lowest unemployment for black people ever well i'm pretty sure before the civil war unemployment was at zero <laughs> it was one of those jokes where like people didn't really get it or they were so shocked so that che had to sort of like bring it up again i will i will dock them a couple points for reusing a couple things i'm pretty sure uh this is the second joke in a short time that we've heard michael che make involving uh spreading peanut butter in a certain area yes uh, with your yes. dog and i believe this is the the third time in a short while where joe has done the joke of okay let's get the list of all the things that blank has done and then a song plays and only two things show and it's oh it was much shorter than i thought it would be and you know what? It, it is you. You see it coming down Sixth Avenue, turning at Rockefeller Plaza, getting in the elevator, and yet it makes me laugh every time for some reason. And I love that whenever we, you know, after we get the two items, you know, the tax cut, government shutdown, as always, we cut back to Colin Joe's, who's you know drinking from his mug and surprised that we're back so soon. I know it's dumb, but it does make me laugh every time. All right, well, let's get into these features here as we get uh, yet another new character from Cecily Strong. Obviously, Stormy Daniels has been in the news, and we we get her to talk a little bit about her take on everything and sort of the quote-unquote hero role that she has been thrust into, which we were very complimentary of Cecily last week in particular. How do you feel she did on this one? Well, I didn't love this. I don't know that I I, I don't want to couch it as a, a knock on Cecily necessarily, but I didn't love this because I felt like this was not a fully fleshed out. You know, I mean, interestingly, in all the coverage of Stormy Daniels, you know, we haven't really seen much of her. So it's not like we're going to do a, a specific parody of her. This felt uh, like a very neither here nor there character. It wasn't broad enough to go, OK, if you've never seen, you know, you know, Justice, uh, you know, uh, you know, Ruth Ginsburg, it doesn't matter because the you got Ginsburned is so funny. We're creating a character of whole cloth. And at the same time, it wasn't straightforward and down the middle enough that it was like, no, 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 we're not making fun of Stormy Daniels. We're actually, this is going to be a sharp commentary on something. So I, I wanted this to land and I felt like it never did. I liked the idea that the, that the country deserves Stormy Daniels. So I thought that she's the hero that it deserves. So I thought I liked where they came from. But it it just did, and and I and I wanted to like it more than I liked it. So I'll give her a lot of credit, or her and the writers a lot of credit for coming in with the POV because I feel like that is almost never the case within the update feature, right? The update feature usually focuses around the characters. Uh, maybe there are some games that exist within the characters, or as we're about to see, maybe the characters just come on and goof around a little bit. But we never, we very rarely come in with someone saying, "Okay, this is the message that I'm sort of trying to." put out there so i like the fact that like through this unconventional porn star she sort of is giving this message to america of you deserve stormy daniels as i said as you said uh, i i wasn't a huge fan of her obviously trying to make the you get a stormy thing a thing uh you know it didn't necessarily feel like oh it was a necessarily like an earned catchphrase but I would say this went for more quote-unquote clapter than laughter, you know, uh, and I seem to the, the audience sort of had an adequate reaction in that. I'll, I'll give them, again, kudos for doing something different, and I thought that Cecily, given the material, did a very good job as well. Yeah, yeah, I would say. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, assuming that, you know, this story does not go away, I think we may see her again, probably not in February, but maybe in March, unless the story does go away, because you know what even matters anymore uh but uh i I would i would as much as i would say i didn't love this i'd be interested if appropriate to see them take another swing at this because i feel like cecily can deliver and if they start to figure out what works and doesn't work this could be really fun so uh so let's see what happens then then uh then we get to 
Prince William and Prince Harry, um, Alex Moffat and Mikey Day come out with a, as we alluded to in the beginning, gorgeous makeup job, gorgeous prosthetics uh, to really set up this piece of nothing. Uh, and while they are not U.S. people, I will quote the, you know, our, our, our senators and congressmen, I'd like to reclaim my time. I would like my I would like the time that I gave this sketch back because I feel like they owe me this. Um, I don't this to me was was just a, a, a lot of nothing. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out if it was supposed to be anything. If that makes sense. It honestly seemed like the two of them didn't want to do the Trump son. So they thought like, okay, we'll come on and do this thing. I mean, there's nothing. There's one thing that can't be denied. And I think it's the chemistry between the two of them. I think that the yes. two of them just are really, really good together. And I doubt that if they put two other people in these really weird bald caps and beards, if if things would, you know, do any better. I, I think just the problem with this was that there was no point to it. Uh, you know, and I guess that was, ironically enough, the point to it that they were meant to give a statement on behalf of the royal family. And it turns out that, oh, they don't speak on political matters. And it turns out the entire thing they were doing there was just making fun of how bald William was. I, I was wondering for a second, again, speaking towards the Trump sons, if Alex was going to play Prince William as more of an Eric type of figure, since, again, he might be the more homely looking of the two, subjectively speaking. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they at least tried something different, even if it didn't necessarily take off here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, but I I guess you, you're you're probably more generous than I am uh, in that. I just found this to be uh, I don't know. I just I was I was very bored by this. I feel like uh, this was like this. This should have been cut and dress, especially since uh. this was a longer piece. This for me, I this should have just been cut. Interesting, because I would, I would, I would copy and paste that statement and apply it to the last feature personally. Now that's interesting. So, so let's set this up. So it's like, okay, I assume that we're going to be done. In my opinion, we're zero for two on the features, and then we're going to get we're, we're getting Robin Mueller, uh, which you know, again, huge shout out to the makeup department because Cecily looked fantastic. Um, but beyond that, I have to say I really liked this. I thought this was really – I thought uh, – and I'll, I'll, we'll go back and forth. I don't want to just sort of rant about the whole thing. But I will say in general, I just thought this was really fun. I thought this was – this was, again, what's – this is what Kate McGinnon does well. There's nothing to – it's all performance. I mean it's really just that – that just like we good. Nah, nah, nah. I got this. I thought, I thought this was really fun, great energy. We were giggling throughout this, and I guarantee if I watch it tomorrow, I'd be like, what was I laughing so hard about? Because there's nothing to it other than the energy and the performance. I thought she was really great. No, Kate does a fantastic job at mugging, and that's essentially what this entire character was. But again, to, to ascribe your comments about the royal family towards this, I got bored of this just because I got the sketch five seconds. I got the character five seconds in, and they did nothing with it withholding information is such a tough game to play as a character playing coy because there's nothing inherently funny about it unless you're floundering and like trying to accidentally reveal things i just got once i realized that we were going absolutely nowhere with this that she was just gonna sit there with a toothpick you know maybe like put on a leather jacket or like dance to cool music or something like try to perpetuate keep ramping it up i feel like we stopped at the toothpick and we didn't go anywhere from there it just felt like you know kate's been doing some really Again, weird but interesting stuff as Jeff Sessions and, you know, uh, various other members of the administration. But uh, this just did not feel right to me. Maybe maybe I was distracted by the prosthetics of everything, but it it just felt very one note to me to the point of where I was thinking like, okay, let's wrap it up. Let's let's move on here. We get it. He, He has information, but he can't reveal anything. Wink, wink. Boy, I'm so surprised to hear you say that. But I guess to each his own. I, I it's funny because I, I can't disagree with anything that you say, but I, I loved the idea that all it was was just the attitude of like what Robert Mueller must be thinking right now. And just that that idea of when he's like, you know, he didn't leave me a trail of breadcrumbs. He left me full loaves of seven grain bread from Panera. We were laughing. And we said, Don, he, at one point he talked about how John Jr. wrote in his Venmo description, Russia, and then he cuts himself off just so silly so and i love the ending when you talked about you loved lost right but you felt like it didn't have a satisfying ending this ain't lost i thought she delivered that so well it was really fun so again 
I guess agree to disagree. For me, it ended on a high note. For you, a low note. What I'm interested in, because at, at the Tackenberg House, we were very divided. On the next sketch, we come out a weekend update, and we're going to Jeff Bezos's uh, uh, home uh, or uh, his office to talk about where the new Amazon location is going to be. Um, so we're going to get a couple of delegations uh, from around the country. And this, for me, there was definitely a couple of giggles along the way. But for me, this was sort of where the train sort of started to derail for me. All right. Well, first off, shout out to Kyle Mooney, uh, his only appearance on this episode as uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You can even tell behind the bald cap. Yeah. Yeah. For me, this sort of and I'll, I'll admit it's not really a high peak, but it hit its peak in the two middle segments between the Atlanta uh, you know, delegation and uh, Chris coming in as Cory Booker. I feel like those two were really fun. The Boston one was okay. Uh, I think it was just an excuse to have Jessica Chastain come in and do a Boston accent and for Alex to come back in as, and do his Casey Affleck, which I feel like we haven't seen since last year, post when they did, they did the uh, the Family Feud stuff. Uh, I think it was the Family Feud for the Super Bowl when it was New England versus Atlanta, ironically enough. But when, uh, when she's doing it, let me ask you, when she's doing, because I thought Jessica Chastain was really good, but watch it. When it started, it just made me, I can't believe I, I've ever said this in my life, it made me miss Sully and Denise. I was like, I've, if you're going to do that, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I said I thought totally the same thing. In another universe, this would totally be the mass holes to come in. If this was a Jimmy Fallon hosted episode, forget about it. Like that, they totally would do that. So yeah, I I totally felt the same way. I enjoyed, as I said, the the, the Atlanta part. Uh, you know, especially Chef Paula Dean. Uh, eighty. I, this was a really good episode for eighty in particular. I think eighty really sold this with you know I'm Chef Paula Dean and I'm gonna be careful about what I say. Yeah. Uh, she only she only had a couple of lines in there. There's a couple of other fun things sprinkled in there, like you know Atlanta has uh, this thing where people come from different walks of life to come together. Yeah, it's called the Waffle House. Uh, and then you know. Oddly enough, the Chick Fil A reference gets like cheers from the audience. I don't know if there was a, I don't know if there was like an actual Atlanta delegation there. I liked Chris's again, quick Corey Brooker like in and out of like, listen, I know it's not going to be Newark, bye. Uh, But yeah, Miami was a weird one to end on, Uh, and I think Mikey Day is Pitbull is very very odd for some reason. I don't know, it just doesn't seem like even though we saw Mikey Day as a Bart Simpson lookalike, for some reason it's the one of him as Pitbull that's more off putting to me. It was an odd. I mean, I thought he did a good job. He brought good fun energy. I feel like they, there's been many Pitbull impressions on Saturday Night Live, and they're all exactly the same. So the fact that it was more like Mikey just got to do it, but it was uh, n- nothing special, uh, you know, for me, although, uh, you know, certainly great energy. All right. Well, I, I have a feeling I know what the two words are going to ascribe to this jalapeno sketch is, Rich. But let me hear What do you think of the twofer between Heidi Gardner and Jessica Chastain here? See, this was a hard one for me. Now, I have to assume based on SNL math, if a featured player who's not on a hot streak is a main character in a sketch, that means the featured player wrote the sketch. So let's make the assumption that uh, that uh, that that this was written by Heidi Gardner. I did. I'm very I'm very mixed on this sketch. And here's why it didn't work. And there was, for me, a real fundamental flaw in the writing of the sketch that they never got out of. But the sketch didn't work in front of the live audience. It was really kind of tanking early on. And I was really taken by, yes, you know, Gardner and yes, Mikey Day, but more how Jessica Chastain just continued leaning in and sitting in the pauses. The fact that someone who doesn't come from a live TV background, does isn't an SNL alumni and isn't even from a sitcom that used to shoot in front of a live audience, the fact that she didn't speed the sketch along in the dead spots really sort of made me appreciate her, even though I felt like the I, I really identified with the Brian character in the sketch yeah I mean we talked about this a, a bit last week with Sam Rockwell but when you have these sketches that just go back and forth between a bunch of different characters you have to give the kudos to the host especially at this point you have to assume that either Chastain like memorized her lines or she's just a really good cue card reader that she gave me that anticipatory to yes. jump on top of everything I mean this is a really stupid game right it's that these two characters want to they're talking about how much they're improving their mental work but the fact is they can't understand what the the BOGO deal is though I would also like a bit with the writing here like how do you have a bogo deal for a chicken taco but like 
I, I was confused, like about the like she wanted the chip. I was a bit confused about you know could he, could they have gotten the same deal for the beef taco? I wasn't entirely sure. Well, I felt well, like and it, yeah, this was my problem because I felt like the writing of the sketch, the basic premise was basically Mikey Day was trying to imply, look, you can you the if you want to get a buy one get one free taco, they don't both have to be chicken. You could get one chicken and one beef for your buy one get one free, but. In order for the sketch to work, he has to not say that to them. And there's no reason why a normal person in this sketch in this world wouldn't just say, no, 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 no. You can your two tacos don't have to be the same meat you can have. So there was a lot of gymnastics going around with the straight man to not say the obvious sort of explanation of the sketch so that they could remain confused, which to your point made you confused as a cast member like what is actually going on here and I totally understand and I think that in the writing of this it's like I know that in comedy writing a lot of comedy writers hate sort of the logic I hate when people say Nazi because it's like the logic police like oh you're such a killjoy but great logic equals great comedy and when a great comedic premise has a fundamental logical flaw many if not all of the people in the audience will feel it without even knowing that they're feeling it and and two plus two will not equal four and it won't be as funny and i think that this suffered from that what i will say though is uh the one little twinkling star in this guy for me was the random tangent about how heidi's character you know she would usually get beef tacos but she ate a bunch of raw (laughs) hamburger meat last weekend and got really sick it's one of those like 10 to 1 types of like random details that they sort of throw into a sketch that don't really get acknowledged. I kind of wish we went more down that path and got into the more weird, you know, details of each of these characters. But, you know, we were in and out. And again, I'll also give the highlight, as you mentioned, to AD, who come, came in and said, look, I'm sitting at the next table and I just want to tell you all to stop it. Uh, like, again, as as the straight person, almost to the straight person in that sketch, I thought her like 11th hour cameo walk in and walk out was a lot of fun. And I did like the nice little button that when it reveals that they're surgeons and Mikey Day's like, what? And they're like, what? Because a woman can't be a surgeon? Come on. Also, by the way, shout out to Mikey Day's shorts, his little jalapeno uh, yeah. you know, uh, short shorts or whatever he was boxers over his outfit. It just made me giga. No reason. Just, you know, just he's very, very fun. So, yeah. Now, uh, I, I, I didn't sort of, you know, kill this sketch so much because I wanted to save my pure, unadulterated <laughs> Uh boy, I, I, I we come to a pre-tape sketch. Jessica Chastain is a powerful and yet sexy doctor, and she's in love with Chad, the Pete Davidson mm. character. And during the sketch, I was doing a lot of financial math in my head. I was just, I was really, I, I almost started to look up on Best Buy how much do new television sets cost because I want to smash my television in while this sketch was going on. I can't believe we came back to this. I think now they've done the Chad thing. If my math is right, they've done now this sketch 147 <laughs> times. I, I, I don't have a, I don't have an actual count, but that's what it seems like to me. Um, was this sketch any different than any other time we've seen it i'm i don't i i so want to talk to someone who loves this sketch so that i could say without any condescension or any uh, animosity tell me what you like about the sketch because i just don't get it yeah well if you remember when chad appeared in a live sketch uh during another episode this season we actually were not that bad on it and maybe because we're like okay we're taking him out of this environment where these pre-tapes are so purposefully drawn out. You know, they, the joke, and I'll put the joke in quotes here, is that they want to get the melodrama out of the fact that here's this person, you know, really throwing their heart and emotions into this relationship. And then you have Chad just going, okay. Uh, and when you put it in a different setting, you know, the energy gets changed up a little bit. So I'm a little weirded out that they decided to go back to it because as you mentioned it's the same exact thing it's the same thing we saw in the julia louis dreyfus episode it's the same thing we saw in the benedict cumberbatch episode and if you sort of track those between you know the the pool boy and the professor and the student going to the gal gadot episode with the uh, with the narnia like land that's like a weird escalation and I almost felt like we went into a de-escalation going back to the hospital Again, Jessica Chastain did her very best here to go for her Oscar moment in portraying this lovesick doctor. But I don't know. I I agree with you. I was just too soured on the character at this point. I said in general I didn't really hate anything. This is 
very much the exception. I'm good with Chad to just go away for a good portion of time or appear in live sketches in a different perspective, but it just feels like we're hitting that same same damn nail with this big old hammer over and over and over again. Oh, over and over again. Oh, so boring to me. Now, I say also, I wish I knew this never would have happened. But at the end, when sort of the big payoff, she's like, oh, what did uh, what did he do to get in here? And it turns out he ate dog poo, which I thought was neither heightening nor funny. I would have loved if if uh, it was explained that he had eaten all this raw hamburger last weekend. I thought it would have been such a nice tie into the previous sketch for no reason. Like I could have add it could have added a lot of sort of fun to that. So, well, I, I almost uh, yeah. felt like it was gonna be, it was unintentionally tied in when the last sketch ends with oh we're surgeons cut to doctor's orders you know you think for a second oh that's an odd connection though i do agree with your theory that you mentioned earlier that chad was probably earlier on in the episode because he is it's it's weird to save a recurring character for this late though we're about to talk about another one and that because it got much uh less well received than the fresh prince sketch deservedly so they switched him up yeah i think that you're right i definitely think that you're right so um i you know i i hate to end on another a uh, boy um i don't even know what we're so we're back uh with keenan as the crazy director uh the you know former actor from uh from the jeffersons is gonna bring some jeffersons like uh you know direction to uh what is a a serious movie um i i thought this was rough i loved the jessica chastain feeling that the crowd was not with this sketch very early on stuck to it really committed to the to it it actually almost made me feel a little bad for her that i was just like oh not her fault at all um but i just uh, this is i know this is super silly and it's super broad and it's supposed to be super silly and broad um but it just it it was kind of cute the first time but uh, again it's another reoccurring character i don't know that we need to see again when was the last time we saw this? Was it like I know there was one with Chris Hemsworth. I know that there was one they did with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler when they hosted together. Was that the last time we saw them do this? Was it Felicity Jones? You know, I don't. Oh God, no, no I don't think it was. I can't remember who it was. Um, I don't actually don't think it was this year. Now that I say that, uh, you know, I can't. I don't remember who it was. I'm, I'm sort of blanking on the last time they did it. Um, but uh, it it doesn't feel it didn't feel like Chad where it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're already doing this again. It didn't feel like that. It just felt like, did we ever need to see this again? I'm sort of yeah. surprised that uh, that we needed to do this one more time. Um, I will also say, I want to hear what you think, but I will also say I don't know that I felt that uh, Leslie Jones, who is naturally such a broad, you know, a good at being broad, was the right person to be in this um so i don't know that even sort of the you know picking her uh was the right person but you know i'll say good on you know good on jessica for sort of uh, delivering see it's interesting because i would say that leslie was better at the joke part of this which was the like you gotta re- react like you're some sort of clown-like sitcom character but it was weird when I first saw her as like, oh, she's supposed to be cast in this, you know, serious legal film. Because once again, props to Leslie Jones, but she still has some problems reading lines. I, I think she she muffed up one of her lines there in the very beginning. But I guess it made up for it again with the way she played these. With these sketches for me, I agree that they're silly. They're always the the renditions for me are always funnier when Keenan impersonates what they're supposed to do than when they actually yeah. do them. If that makes I would sense. agree with that. Yeah. Just because like, uh, you know, uh, Jessica Chastain, again, she was great, but I would have liked it if she could have done more specifically what Keenan was doing. You know, she didn't even do the why correctly, uh, which <laughs> again, that's that's me being my own like director nitpicker. And I think there is something funny about like, oh, they're doing goofy faces and like moving their faces around like flubber. But the enjoyment I get out of the sketch is always when there's an improv game that I like to play a lot uh, it's from Whose Line called Hollywood Director, where the joy is essentially just coming out and telling people to do ridiculous things and do the scene again. And that's what I sort of felt that chaotic element whenever Keenan came out. And so I always like when he would impersonate the things to do. But when they actually did the things, it actually did it play for me. So from that perspective, I guess I didn't like the actual punchline of the joke more so the setup to it. 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Can't can't argue with you across the board. Can't argue. So, yeah. So a an unfortunate uh, boy to end end the night. Uh, the good nights though, a lot of warmth. Obviously, Jessica Chastain seemed to uh, really connect with the with the team, uh, and uh, as did Troy. There was a lot of uh, talking with 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 him. Uh, you know, no real uh, no real um, uh, cameos this week to sort of speak of. So yeah, so I would just say sort of a nice warm sort of end to the show. Yeah, it, they, I mean, they had, like, their arms around each other. Uh, it seemed like, it, you know, and I was watching a bit of the promos that they were doing, and Jessica Chastain from the beginning seemed, like, very nervous but very excited to be doing SNL. And I know I keep talking about this, but these first-time hosts are really doing a great job, and they also seem to all sort of have a nice, like, I, I don't know, like, uh, they really idolize the show almost. This yes. idea of, like, getting to come on and do it so maybe that's sort of what has buoyed the episode in my eyes just because Jessica Chastain did such a good job and you could tell she was having so much fun with it and we really have had an interesting run of you know episodes here I would say that this was this overall you know we're halfway through the season at this point I don't know how you feel rich this has been a very mixed season for me and it's understandable given that you know this is the not only a bounce back from what i feel like was a very good season overall but you have a new writing staff that's being you know worked on to this day it feels like something might be off with the writing the performances are really really good from both host and cast member perspectives but a lot of these sketches the writing just doesn't seem to lift off maybe it's just because i sort of glommed onto these three or four sketches that i really really like that i'm like okay this is you know, a, a top three episode of this season, which if you compare across the seasons might not be very comparable, but at least within the confines of season 43, uh, it's definitely like the one eyed man in the kingdom of the blind, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're right. I think it's been very hit and miss. Uh, and it, you know, and when it hits, it hits when it misses, it misses. And as you said, there's a couple of really fun sketches within this. So, you know, the nice thing about this is it's, it certainly was not a, it was not a show regardless of how I felt about certain pieces. It was definitely not a show that I walked away from going, Oh boy, did I just waste nine minutes of my life like I mean it was still really fun I still enjoyed it I thought it was a really good uh, you know uh, a lot, lot of fun mixed in through all of it so I'm really glad for that so after we've had this run of first time hosts we are calling back to not only a recurring host Rich but an alum of the show next week oh. Will mm. Farrell hosting with musical guest Chris Stapleton both returning how are you how should we prepare our hopes as an audience for this Will Ferrell episode. I mean, Will Ferrell has not been back and I think I want to call it six years at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't just, know. I don't you know, know if you yeah. I don't know if you count two years ago uh, during I think it was actually the aforementioned Chris Hemsworth episode when he did that cold open as George W. Bush right, uh, talking right. about the the uh, then like the campaign announcement of Donald Trump. So I'm assuming we'll get some sort of reappearance here as well. But other than that, yeah, he really has not hosted in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, talk about one of the all-time greats. I mean, he really is one of the all-time greats. Um, you know, he's now 50. I mean, so it's crazy to think that, you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, at the age of the dad, uh, you know, could be the the same age as the dad of Heidi Gardner or Pete Davidson. Um, but that said, just super looking forward to it. I mean, I don't think we'll see a ton of reoccurring characters because that hasn't been the pattern. He does some, but again, you know, is there a reason to bring back George W. Bush? I don't know. You know, Saddam Hussein, no. Like, a lot of his characters also relied a lot on other alumni, um, so I don't know what we'll see. I do think we will probably see uh, some alumni show up. I mean, I think you could see a Kristen Wiig or uh, an Anna Gasteyer or or a Molly Shan. Like, so I think maybe we'll see somebody, maybe not a big, big name, but I think we'll see somebody. But boy, when we talk, we talk about Jessica S. Chastain committing to characters. When Will Ferrell is in a sketch, and I will say this in advance, the thing to watch with Will Ferrell, and he has talked about this, is not when a sketch is going well. When he is in a sketch that starts to bomb, he goes big and he mm-hmm. loves just going, forget a 10 going to 13 in a sketch that isn't working just to amuse the other people in the sketch and make it fun for him so i'm really looking forward to that yeah i mean i think some of his most famous sketches uh you know the get off the shed guy and even more cowbell you could argue that i think a lot of people remember christopher walken in there but 
I would argue that, you know, had Will Ferrell not worn that belly shirt uh, and, yeah. you know, made, made the other bandmates go crazy, that sketch might not even have really taken off into the SNL zeitgeist. So I'm excited. I will, uh, you know, I will take some umbrage with your point about the recurring characters. I bet dollars to donuts we're going to see a celebrity Jeopardy in there just because considering how much this SNL cast loves to do impersonations that can waver sometimes between good and bad. I have a feeling they're going to do a celebrity Jeopardy here uh, just because it's been a while since this happened. I believe it happened the last time he hosted in 2012. But as you said, it's been a while. I'm expecting. Some I think it would have been on the it would have been on the 40th anniversary episode. That would have that was the yeah, they did a big he actually wrote it with Norm McDonald. And that was a big, big push. Yeah, but I, you're right. That would be great. Oh, my God. How great would that be? Yeah, and it's, and it's been four years since then. You know, they brought back Chad three months later. I'm sure they could do Celebrity Jeopardy. And it's also interesting as well because it, it is an alumni-hosted episode, but this is also the third episode of three weeks in a row. And usually what happens there is you can tell that the writers are running out of steam or that they, they might start, like, grasping at premises that they might not have when they're more well-rested going in. Uh, but maybe the fact that they're bringing in such a – a fantastic performer to anchor this last one maybe that will sort of counteract what usually happens against that last show in the slot are you implying we're going to get a willie at weekend update is that what i should be bracing myself for <laughs> no oh, i boy. feel i feel like yeah. willie willie we the last time we saw him was last season so maybe i have my fingers crossed here but i feel like uh willie is dead and gone much like his old dog lucius yeah. I will also say it's worth noting when I saw that Chris Stapleton was uh, the musical guest, I got all excited because the last time that Chris Stapleton hosted, we loved him so much that we went to go see him at the Greek theater and it was a really fun night. And then I remembered, nope, that's Sturgill Simpson. I'm confusing my my rowdy country music guys. Chris Stapleton has never been on SNL before, and I don't know who he is other than he has a big beard and he's country. So I am looking forward to reintroducing myself to a person I don't know chris stapleton as musical guest should be a lot of fun well if you guys have any thoughts out there about what's to come with will ferrell and chris stapleton or sturgill simpson uh and if you have any thoughts about this episode as well it, it's clear and even you know from when i posted my list online this is yet another i feel like second episode in a row very polarizing either a lot of people liked it or a lot of people didn't like it i'm sort of happy that we fell each into one camp here rich we could talk about the good and bad of each sketch but we'd love to hear your thoughts about it you can always leave a comment here on the post show recaps Dot com page and you can always reach out to us on twitter rich is at rich tack and i am at a mike bloom type let's keep the conversation going as we uh, finish out january 2018 with hopefully a strong show and come back look forward to talking about it next week let's uh, let's get in alumni mode and get talking snl thanks everyone see you next week